This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Apple iPhone 15 Pro fell from the tree about a month ago. Sean Priest is one of the co-hosts of Double Tap on AMI-audio. He got a hold of an iPhone 15 Pro, and he wants to share some features that he finds useful with you. Hello, Sean. Hello, Dave. Firstly, can I say, how dare you? What I actually have is the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Whoa. Don't, don't, don't downgrade me. It Whoa. took me a long time to get hold of one of these. D- did I just like <laughs> knock like a, like like a tenth of an inch off your screen size there, Sean? Yes, exactly. Never do that. <laughs> Never do that to another man. Oh my god. <laughs> so, Sean, what has been your overall experience with the iPhone 15 Pro Max? Well, you know, I've got to say, I am really enjoying the phone. It is. It does everything that you'd want a phone to do. I mean, we could get into the tech specs, you know, we've got the iPhone 15, the iPhone 15 Plus, and then in the Pro family, iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. Um, And they've got different processors, one's A16, the Pro is A17, but at the end of the day, all that really doesn't matter. I mean, this is the latest iPhone, and because of that, it is the fastest one. Um, it's very nice. The design is very nice indeed. It's um, uh, This one uses titanium as its metal. And it, you know what? It's just a nice phone, as you would expect. But the real question, I suppose, is do you need to upgrade your current iPhone? If you have an iPhone 14, for example, is there enough with the iPhone 15 to make it worthwhile? And that's the real question. And to be honest... That's a very personal question. Okay. I would personally, I, 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 I'm not ducking out of it, I promise you, but I would say I don't think so. Um, it, the, the performance gaps between these generations are getting so, so unnoticeable. Mm. Now, te- technically wise, yeah, this this Pro range uses a A17 processor with a three nanometer uh, manufacturing process, which means it's more efficient and faster. But the end user, like myself, honestly, couldn't care less. All I care about is, you know, does voiceover work well on it? Does it keep up? Does it feel laggy? Does it feel snappy and responsive? And the answer is yes, of course it does. It feels like butter it's so silky Mm. smooth but you would expect that but then going back to an iphone 14 it still feels pretty responsive and snappy as well so um yeah as i said we could get into the tech specs of the new iphone 15 but honestly i don't think it matters it is the best iphone you could buy right now and that's all you need to know right whether or not you should buy it is a completely different question. Yeah, the specs to a certain degree are just gibberish, right? It's like, does it feel good to use this phone? Uh, Sean, as I recall, you used to be more on the Android family. When did you make that switch, or why did you make that switch? 
I'll tell you exactly why it was, because I got bored. I oh. got bored of the same old design. And the thing with Android is, you know, with different manufacturers, different brands, there's a choice. There's a different design look there. You know, the Samsung uh, S Galaxy range is just absolutely gorgeous. And th th that is something I really like about Android is that, that you get... Because I, I jumped in on the iPhone with the uh, 4S, and, you know, all the way up, I think around about the 7, I, I just, it's the same thing. And it's kind of what I'm saying now. It's not a revolution, you know, it is that evolution as it goes on. There's not a huge amount of difference between, if you looked visually at the iPhone 15 compared to the iPhone 14 or even for the 13, would you really notice a difference if you didn't turn it on or yeah. know it had a different port? Probably not. And th there's nothing wrong with that. A phone is just a phone. But at the same time, I did get a little bit bored and I, I went over, <laughs> as Stephen Scott would say, to the dark side for a while. <laughs> but I didn't have an issue with Android whatsoever. Perfectly accessible, absolutely fine. The fact of the matter was that I um I had so much invested already in the Apple ecosystem right, in the terms right. of apps and you know people I was talking to and the way I was talking to them with iMessage that I did go back. I did miss the convenience of it. But other than that, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Android yeah. either. Once you're in the apple orchard, drinking that cider and eating those pies, it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to move on. So, Sean, you mentioned the word accessibility there, and there are some accessibility features you want to point out. You actually made a little video of uh, for, for us showing you using detection mode on the iPhone. Just briefly, how do you want to set this up? What, what's the need to know before I throw to this tape? Well, yeah, the reason I was talking about this is because what's the difference between the, let's say, vanilla and the Pro range? So whether it be 14 and 14 Pro or 15 and 15 Pro, why would you pay that extra money and go for a Pro iPhone? Well, one of the reasons I really like about this, and it's the first time I've experienced it, is the LiDAR sensor, which you only get on the Pro phones. And it adds the ability to 3D map your environment. And because of that, there's an extra feature you, you get on the Pro phones called detection mode. And it can do a few different things like detect people when they're in front of you. Uh, it can read text. It can read the, um, if you're pointing at buttons on an appliance like a microwave, it can announce what those buttons are. But the one I'm finding really useful is door detection. And I recorded a little video of me using it. Great, so I'm gonna do a little bit of front-end audio description on this. The video is from the perspective of your phone's camera as you're walking towards a door. Door detection on. Two doors detected. Door, turn handle or knob, swing. Door nine feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door eight feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door seven feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door six feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door four feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door two feet away, turn handle or knob. Door one feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Door one feet away. Door one feet away, turn handle or knob. Three doors detected. Door one feet away, turn handle or knob, swing. Open door. Well, number one, what a great use of that camera, and thank you for capturing that footage. Number two, thank you for a little sneak peek inside the house of Sean Priest. There you go. Not just the shed. I forgot it actually took video of the house. <laughs> oh, wow, I would have tied it up. But, um, no, 
you can see how like, I don't walk that slow either, just walking nine feet. But I was just trying to show it, it was sounded a little bit verbose there, a door handle or door knob. Um, but it is just so useful. I actually used it out in the wild, if you will, when I was going somewhere. And it will tell you if it's an automatic door, for example, or that was just the doors, interior doors of my house, so swing door. It tells you if the door is open or closed. And more than that, when I was out and about, it would read any information that was on that door. Um, you know, the door number, uh, it was the telephone number of the business I was going to. It's really handy. It's It's kind of it's almost a solution to that last 10 yards problem that we have. GPS can get you to the building, but how do you find that door? The amount of times I'm banging around on a, mm -hmm. a window like a drunken wasp trying to find the door, this really helps. And the key thing with that was, um, because we've had object recognition before, the distance, and that is purely down to the LIDAR. So you know when you're in front of the door, nine feet away, eight feet away, one feet away, and that is really helpful when you're out and about. It is very good. And as I said, there's also people detection, which works in exactly the same way. It will tell you how far a person is away from you, how many people it detects. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not saying it's a, a, a must-have feature, but it is a reason if you want to know the difference between the Pro and the standard iPhones, I will say, that LiDAR can make a huge difference for mobility. It, mm -hmm. it is quite nice. Now, Sean, you mentioned that last 10 feet side of this, right? The, the GPS getting you close, but not all the way there. From my perspective as a legally blind person, they're also no longer making doors particularly distinct. Sometimes you walk up to a business and it's not clear where that door is. <laughs> you are absolutely right. It is an issue. I'm, I'm laughing about it, but there's been a lot of times where I've had to ring a business I'm thinking about I went to the dentist just the other week and I had to ring them and say, look, I'm outside. But I cannot find the way in. And can you come out and get me? Yeah. And there's absolutely, you know, it, with a feature like this, this would have helped so much. So, yeah, I definitely think it's something that people should know about, should know that it's actually available. One of the other features that has got a little bit of buzz, maybe on the accessibility side, maybe on the usability side, maybe somewhere in between, is the action button. How have you been using the action button? Ah, yes. So this is very interesting. Again, this is a pro-only feature. Um, so where the mute switch used to be, just above the volume buttons, on the pros is now just a third button called the action button. And you can assign different things, different features to this. Um, if you go to the settings, you will see the action button option. And in there, currently, I think there's about five or six different options. The default one is to act like your old ring switch. So hold it down for a couple of seconds and it will turn your ringer on or off. Um, but you can also set it to be things like um, a voice memo recorder. So when I hold that button down, I can record a quick message. Then I hold that button down again to stop. And I've got, it's like a dictaphone then. There's also, you can set it to be, uh, open up the camera app and go straight to a particular mode. So if I want to take a video, for example, I don't have to try and navigate around the screen and choose that mode. I can set the action button to do that or a photo or whatever I want. Well, I like that. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's like a shortcut, right? It's like you're essentially establishing a shortcut for one button that you find yourself using very frequently. Exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. You can set it to be the torch, you know, button. But the real power to it comes when you can assign a Apple shortcut 
to it. So currently, uh, how I had mine, I should say, actually, I just turned it off, but I could have it that I was talking to ChatGPT. So on the right-hand side with the normal side button would activate Siri. And on the left-hand side with the action button, I had it that it would open ChatGPT and I could have a conversation with it in voice mode. So I could rather than ask Siri, which isn't great when it comes to answering questions, let's be honest, talking to ChatGPT was a totally different experience. Mm. Asking it, you know, recipes and things like that and information, absolutely amazing. And with the power of being able to assign a shortcut to the action button, basically you could make your iPhone do anything. Interesting. Absolutely anything. Interesting. Yes, very, very nice feature. Now, it's not to say it's essential because you can do the same thing. You can assign a gesture to activate an Apple shortcut as well. So you could, if you go into settings, voiceover settings and commands, you could actually set a four finger swipe up to activate a shortcut. So you could do the same sort mm -hmm. of thing. But it's like you said, there is something just nice about having a dedicated button there. And for certain uh, people, it may be a, 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 just a really nice feature to have just that dedicated button they know exactly what it does maybe just calls one specific contact or but whatever it may be it is another just another one of those reasons where you may think well maybe the pro could be an option for them mm. sean one last question here you mentioned the material the titanium and apple has been absolutely hammering that in their commercials titanium this <laughs> titanium that as if they invented titanium what yes. has that actually felt like in terms of like the soundness in your hand does it feel better than some of the plastics or glasses that you might find a typically on a phone you know what maybe I, I i don't know maybe i'm not cultured enough i i don't know it feels like metal to me you know now stephen scott who also has an iphone 15 pro did make the interesting point that he has a, a essential tremor and he does have some issues when it comes down to just holding a phone and he said he did notice that it was a lot lighter than his previous you know, okay 14 pro. okay that counts as so, something for sure Absolutely. I mean, this is a big phone. The Pro Max is a big phone, 6.7 inch screen. It's a big phone to hold. And if it was a different material, maybe that, that weight would be an issue. But look, to be honest, for me, from a sort of design, would I care if this was aluminium, stainless steel or even plastic? Probably not. Um, for me, it doesn't really mean much. But hey, it's all about, I suppose, visually. It could look cool. I have no idea. Uh, Sean, I love it when we have our little regional dialects that clash there. Say aluminum one more time for me. Uh, sorry, aluminium. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love I it. No, it's aluminum. okay. It's it, no, I know. No, I'll say it the way you say it, and we'll say it the way we say it. <laughs> Just like in certain parts of Canada, you don't call a bagel a bagel. You call it a bag, a bagel, a bagel. Oh, that's just wrong, that's surely. Just wrong. I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't call it vague, you call it vague. <laughs> you know, it's, it's stuff, top tier stuff. Uh, Sean, thank you for this. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. You too. That is Sean Priest. He's one of the hosts of Double Tap. You can find that show, show daily, noon Eastern time on AMI Audio. After the break, the issue of Best Buy in the United States discontinuing the sale of DVDs and Blu-rays also caught Alex Smythe's attention, so he'll bring that topic to the round table chat. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.